Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. You're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. We are, of course, always brought to you by Waltons, everything but the meat, and also brought to you by Dallas Sports Nation. We are uh, not going to have Ben on today because he's adulting and uh, teaching kids how to uh, try to adult. And we are joined now by T.R. Sullivan, 32 years spent covering the Texas Rangers. How are you doing, T.R.? I'm good. How are you today? I'm under the weather, but I'm braving it. <laughs> um, so let's let's kind of talk. I mean, there, there's a lot of history with you and the Rangers, and uh, <laughs> just 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 a little bit, right? <laughs> Good observation, CJ. Oh yeah, thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna laugh that one off. That was kind of a smart ass comment, which I like. Cause uh, uh, that's all right. Kind of no, I'm 32 kind of, years. Yeah. I did from 1989 to, to 2020, 32 years of covering the Rangers longer than anybody in uh, club history. Uh, yeah. We, there is a lot of history there. No doubt about it. So talk about how your history started with the Rangers. And back then, obviously there wasn't cell phones or anything like that. It was all landlines and maybe Andy Griffith, you know, putting the little, uh, you know, a little speaker up to his ear. <laughs> I'm just making fun of your age right now. But That's all right. But, uh, you know, I covered high school sports for uh, eight years, uh, four in um, Denison, Texas, and uh, four at the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Um, you're in Amarillo, right? Yes, sir. Uh, John Mark Ballou was an old friend of mine back in the day. John Mark? I, I, yeah, I know John Mark personally. Yes, sir. Uh, well, tell him I said hi. Um, I, I know will. he was right. He covers he the he covers the sod poodles games now, the Amarillo sod poodles. Okay, um, so anyway, you know, I came up in that era with John, Mark, and I, and a lot of other great young writers were covering high school sports all over the state of Texas. And then uh, in '89, the Star Telegram added me as their backup writer for the Texas Rangers. That was in 1989, and then uh, 1990, uh, I became the lead beat writer, and. Um, you know, back then, you know, we, you know, it was still pretty modern. We had a, we used the old TRS-80 uh, uh, Radio Shack computer to file on couplers. And um, 
I think you could write two stories on the thing before you had to race them and start over again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, you know, that was back in the Bobby Valentine day when the Rangers had a lot of high hopes, had a lot of great young players coming up through the system. Ruben Sierra, Pete Incavillia, Bobby Wick, Kevin Brown. Brian uh, Downing. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Yvonne, Yvonne Rodriguez, guys like that. Rusty Greer later on, you know, Brian Downing was a free agent in uh, what year, 91. 91, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it was a it was an exciting time for the Rangers because they thought that they had, it was probably the best their farm system's ever been. Um, they they brought up a tremendous amount of talent. You know, Rob then was on, back then. They had Dean Palmer. Uh, somebody figured out that in the spring of 1989, they had more future Major League Baseball players with a higher career WAR than any other farm system in history. Now think about that. We're talking about spring of '89. You think about the guys they had in the system. At that time, Yvonne Rodriguez, Sammy Sosa, Juan Gonzalez, Dean Palmer, guys like that, they had a tremendous farm system getting ready to uh, explode onto the major league system, major league team. And, um, you, you know, they had some good years, but they never won with that talent. That's kind of a shame because, you know, number one, they, they, they didn't have as much money as they would like, and they were, we were still playing in Arlington Stadium. Uh, Back then, you know, that was one of the worst stadiums in, in, in the major leagues. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. I was I, I could see Nolan Ryan's last start as a as a pro um, in that stadium. And, yeah, <laughs> the stadium was terrible. Yeah, I mean, CJ, everything started to change in 94 when they moved into the new ballpark. And, you know, they won three division titles right almost right away after that in 96, 98, 99. So, you know, the ballpark made a huge difference to that franchise, uh, no doubt about it. It finally got them over the hump. Of course, they had to face the Yankees when the Yankees were an absolute dynasty and they yeah. couldn't have Yankees in the, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, f- you know, f- from about 86 to 99, the Rangers had a, a, a really nice run. It was based on a lot of great young talent from that farm system that really finally matured and, and uh, finally put it, put it together. And, you know, at least won a few division titles and, and their work paid off. Yes, sir. Those were uh, some of the most memorable times of my life because I wasn't used to the Rangers making the, making the playoffs when I was a kid. And then they suddenly did it. And they had guys like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think Ken Hill, Kenny Hill was uh, the head of the rotation. Then you had uh, Kevin Gross then you had Bob Tewksbury and well, no, Tewksbury was there in 95, 96, Bobby Witt. Um, Darren Oliver and uh, Roger Pavlik. Roger Pavlik, yeah. And then they traded for John Burkett in uh, uh, 96. Yes, sir. Uh, on August 7th, they traded, uh, who did they trade? They traded Ryan Dempster and Rick Kelling to the Marlins. For, Rick Kelling uh, to the Marlins, yep. Yeah, for John Burkett. And that was the trade that kind of put him over the top. Burkett was kind of like the missing piece. And, uh, you know, that was a really good team. They had Will Clark at first base. They had you know, Juan Gonzalez, Rusty Greer, and Daryl Hamilton in the outfield. Mark McLemore and Kevin Elster. Elster had that amazing year. Uh, when he had 24, 24 home runs. 24, I believe. 24, yeah, 99 RBIs. And Dean Palmer third. And, of course, Yvonne Rodriguez. And, that, and they just kind of put together a pretty good pitching staff that year. And, and, you know, they really gave the Yankees a great run in the uh, first round of the playoffs in the division series. That was Joe Torre's first year. And uh, I think the Yankees won the first two two games by one run, or, or the Rangers won the first game. Rangers, yeah, yeah. And then the Yankees won game two in twelve innings, 
and then they won game three with two runs in the ninth inning. And uh, so, you know, you look at those games and Rangers almost came close to derailing the Derek Jeter dynasty. Um, think, you know, think about it. If they'd won that first round division series, you know, that was Joe Torrey's first year. And we all remember, uh, if you're old enough, George Steinbrenner back then, he was very mercurial as an owner. And it didn't yeah, take, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> it didn't take much for him to fire a manager. And if the Yankees had lost to the Rangers in the first round of that series, in 96, I can easily see Joe Torre getting fired as the uh, manager because back then he was not, he was not the legendary hall of fame manager that we've all known. You know, back then he was just a guy who, this was his fourth team. He'd only been in the postseason once before. And he wasn't, he, he was never a great uh, popular hire by the Yankees. When they hired him in 96 replaced Buck Showalter, he was not a popular hire. And there was a lot of skepticism because the guy had only been in the playoffs one time prior to that with three different teams. So anyway, my point is that the, if the Rangers had won that series in 96, uh, Torrey could, could have gotten fired and that whole Yankee dynasty might have, um, like I said, been derailed ever before they, before they ever got started. Well, and as you mentioned, and, and starting off that series, like Juan gone hit three home runs in the first two games. Is that correct? Yeah. Three in the first, he was on fire. No doubt about it. And it was, it was an incredible series for Juan. But unfortunately, you know, the one that really hurt was in the game five, they had a chance to really, or, or game four, they were up four, nothing had a chance to really knock out the Yankees. And he struck out with the bases loaded against David Weathers. Yeah. And that really, um, you know, you can't blame Juan Gonzalez for that. I mean, the guy had an incredible playoff, but boy, if he gets a big hit there, they could have knocked out the Yankees in game four and then send John Burkett back out to the mound for game five against David Cohn and, I think it'd been David. Yeah, it was David Cohn that could have, you know, maybe win that series. Uh, I'm going to ask you a little trivia here. In Game Five of that series, who was the starting pitcher for the Yankees? Uh, Kenny Rogers. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you'd know. I knew you'd know. I remember yeah, uh, Tory. Tory was not a big uh, Kenny Rogers fan, so he sent they sent Kenny Rogers out to warm up in the before the game out in that left field bullpen beyond left field and Rogers, you know, he had been in Ranger for, you know, eight, seven, eight years. What was it like seven years? And, yes, uh, and then he left as a free agent and um, he become quite unpopular in um, Arlington. So he goes out there to warm up and the fans are yelling and screaming obscenities. Kenny, at him. And giving him yeah. Kenny. So, remember that. so, um, Mel, Mel Stottlemyre, the pitching coach, walks back to the Rangers, or excuse me, the Yankees dugout, and Torrey says, how'd it go? And Stottlemyre said, no, not very good. You know, he told Torrey that they'd been yelling and screaming at him. And and Stottlemyre, and uh, Torrey said, well, how did Kenny handle it? And Stottlemyre said, well, he was joking. He, he says, you see that guy up there yelling at me? That's my neighbor. And Torrey, <laughs> and Torrey didn't like that because Rogers should have been shutting all that out and showing some mental toughness, but instead he was – you know, obviously he was, you know, spooked by the whole thing and the Rangers knocked him out. And, uh, after two innings, I think he gave up like four runs or something like that. And like I said, the Rangers had him, had the Yankees knocked out four to nothing, but, um, you know, some tough things happened. You know, Bobby Wood, I think, you know, I remember one thing that happened when Bernie Williams got on base to lead off, I think the third inning and he stole second base, which he didn't do against Pudge Rodriguez. I mean, right. we all know. Pudge was a great, had the great arm, but problem was Bobby Witt was terrible at holding on runners. Yeah, and he was slow to the plate. 
he was slow. Yeah. To so, so Bernie got that stolen base and then just some things happened in that inning. And I always thought Johnny Oates pulled Bobby Witt too early. Uh, but anyway, the Yankees came back and tied the score and ended up winning that game six to, I guess it was six to four. Rangers had two on two out in the ninth inning against John Wetland. And yeah, Will Clark hit went deep into the left center field gap, but uh problem was Clark was weak. His elbow was weak. He, he, he was just, he was physically beaten up after a long season and just didn't have any muscle or he didn't have any mustard on the ball. And, and the ball just kind of hung up there and got caught for the final out. So we had Eric Nadell on uh, a couple weeks ago and we asked him this question. So I want you to ask this because obviously 32 years in your profession and covering the team, what were some of the hardest seasons you had to cover? Yeah. <laughs> 2000, yeah. 2002 was the worst season in Rangers. Oh State. yeah. Yeah. You know, that was Alex Rodriguez's second year. And the problem was the Rangers were trying to do everything they could. You know, they'd, you know, they're spending $25 million a year on Alex Rodriguez and they're trying to do everything they could to um, put a championship team around them. And they were just taking gambles left and right. Well, that's when they got Ken Caminiti and Andres Galarraga and they brought Kenny Rogers back and then Darren Oliver back. Is that right? Oh, there was a lot of characters. You know, John Rocker was on that team. John Rocker. Yeah. Kobe, that was Kobe Lewis's rookie year. Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake because Kobe wasn't ready. And Carl Everett was on that team. Oh, Everett, Everett was fine. I mean, just you know, Ruben Rivera. They were just it was just it was just a the team had no chemistry, had no character. I mean, they had a lot of good young players, but they surrounded surrounded them by um, players who just weren't who just weren't you know. It was it was a weird weird team. And, uh, you know, those years, 01, 02, 03, you know, they had Ugas Urbina one year and, you know, they made a great trade for him. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, 02 was Michael Young and I used to joke about it. He used to joke about how bad that team was just on um, who the players were on the team. And I know Jerry Naren was manager and Jerry Naren later told me, he said, TR, I got screwed, you know, and it did. It, <laughs> it, it, just, it just, you know, it, you know, it wasn't John Hart's fault. You know, Hart was willing to build the team up with young players. You know, they were starting to get some young pitching in the system and he wanted to do it very patiently. He said it'd take us three to five years to get the pitching going again. And, um, but Hicks couldn't wait. He wanted to, you know, he wanted shortcuts and, and, and you know, Chan Ho Park. Oh boy, there was, a, that was the biggest, that was the biggest blow to this franchise in the history of the franchise, how bad he was. You can see me shaking my head right now. <laughs> yeah. So the answer to your question is 02 was pretty tough. And then, you know, 2014 was pretty bad when they lost 95 games. Ron Washington had to leave the team and there were a lot of injuries on that team. And, you know, they had just had four great seasons, 2010, 11, 12, and 13. And then all of a sudden everything just fell apart. It was a terrible year. And the funny thing was they won the division title in 15 and 16. So just 14, everything just everything went just went to pieces. You know, I think that's the year you Darvish went down. Yeah, that uh, was the year the, the injury bug hit. Then Prince Fielder got hurt. And you know, yeah, after Fielder. they traded. Um, then Robbie Ross and Tanner Shepherds, they both go down. Because those guys were two-year headliners to start the season because we had so much injuries. So yeah, Shepherds um, was, was their opening day starter, and that was a huge mistake. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was Shepherds. Yeah, Shepherds, and then and then Robbie Ross was number two, I believe. And Nick Martinez was in that rotation. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah. I mean, they just had they, when they when they put that rotation out there it was like, oh my god, you know. I mean, it was just 
They were so, oh, I was a good young pitcher. And I'm going, Nick Martinez is not ready to pitch in the big leagues. Tana Shepard's been a reliever the year before. And a funny, well, not a funny thing now, but Shepard's had pitched great as a reliever in 13. And the Rangers really wanted him to be a starter, really wanted him to be a starter. So they bring him into spring training. Shepard's wanted to start. Well, unbeknownst to anybody, Shepard or Shepard's hurt himself in spring training. He, I guess he'd hurt his elbow or his shoulder. I can't remember which one. But he didn't tell anybody. He tried to pitch through it, and then he got, the season started, and he just fell to pieces. And, you know, his career just blew up on him. It was a, it was a terrible shame because the guy was a great reliever. He had a, you look at 2013, he had a great year. Yes, sir. So um, let's talk about some of your funnest seasons. Um, let's flip the token over to a, a positive aspect here. What was your funnest seasons? And I would I would assume 2010 and 2011 were were two of those. Oh, yeah, sure. Those are great years for them. Um, you know, 96, I think 96, I think everybody, that first division championship, I think, with that ball club and those that team, that was probably had more character than any team you know, I've ever covered. Um, a bunch of great veterans and some great young players. And, um, you know, I think 96 was just a, for the people around the team every day and watching that team kind of take the division title uh, in hand. Um, they led most of the way. Uh, I think that was, to me, that was, that was a fun season. Uh, two, 2004 was a great year. That was Buck Showalter's second year. Yeah. You know, they'd gone 71 and 91 the year before. And then they went out and won 89 games with all those young players. And, you know, Michael Young, Blaylock, uh, Teixeira. Alfonso uh, Soriano. And that was, that was the year David Lucci was against the A's, I believe, in the second to last series of the season hit a two run double to win the game and give the Rangers a chance to make the playoffs that year. Yeah. That's a great memory, CJ. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> they needed to win that. No, it was, they had, they had to win that game to kind of stay alive and, and, and do hit that double walk off, double two run double. And they, they went on that road trip that was still in contention. And then they had that, that meltdown in Oakland there where, um, uh, Brokell got into the fight with a fan. Yeah. And, and Frankie, was it Frankie Francisco? Yeah. Frank Francisco threw the chair on the stands and, you know, instead of, instead of covering a pennant race, we were covering a court, a court case. And a, a, <laughs> we're, we're at a lawyer's office, listening to a lawyer Babylon and stuff like that. Yeah. That was not, that was a, that was kind of a sour end to a great season, but um, yeah, 2004 was, was a lot of fun until, you know, the, the division championship years for all, you know, success in them, you know, what, what decade do you call it? The 2010s now, I guess the tens, do we call them the tens? Anyway, you, you can call it whatever you want, sir. You know, the, the, the years when they won the four division titles and the two American league pens, those were obviously a great year as well. And then it, everything kind of fell apart. Chris Woodward kind of came in here and ran into two buzz saws. The team was kind of falling apart, getting old and, needed a rebuild. And then we had COVID and that just turned into a mess. I, I feel bad for Chris Woodward because, you know, he's never really had a chance to show people what he can do as a manager, you know, between COVID and, you know, all the rebuilds that they've had to do and all the young players they have to put in there. It's been a tough, it's been a tough time for him. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see what he could do. And I think the Rangers are being patient with him. Uh, you know, they got some good players this year, uh, Marcus Simeon and, um, Corey Seager have been two nice additions to the, this team. Um, I think their offense is obviously going to be a lot better this year. 
But um, they got a long way to go with this pitching. They got a long way to go with this pitching. They got some good young arms. They got they have great young arms in this in this um, system and on this team. But you know they're you know they haven't had a whole lot of success. They don't have a whole lot of experience. You know, just look at a guy like Taylor Hearn. I mean, this guy's got great stuff. Um, uh, Dunning, you know, we got to love him. He's he's another guy who can really bring the bring it with great stuff. Um, you know, guys like that. But uh, they, it needs a lot of work and it needs a lot of experience. So we'll, we'll we'll see how patient the Rangers can be with these guys. Well, and, and we're we're having to wait. You know, I I was kind of up my sources butts uh, before December first when the lockout happened and um, was getting a lot of information, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. So right now we're waiting on this 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 damn lockout to end. And from what I was being told before the new year was they were going to ramp things up to start the first week of the new year, but they haven't done that yet. So um, we're all just kind of on, on hold at this point. And, and there's a lot of major league players. We talked about this with Jeff Wilson and, and John Moore, the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. There's 80, 80, about 85% of the free agents that are out there. And there's some big names out there that are unsigned and they're just, they're just waiting in limbo. Well, yeah, CJ, I mean, if you go through the long history of Major League Baseball, we've had, you know, we've had work stoppages before. And I guess this is officially a work stoppage, even though we haven't had a game canceled or postponed yet or whatever. But, you know, work stoppages create a lot of uncertainty. You know, we can go back to 95 after Mm -hmm. that long strike with the uh, with the uh, Players Association. And um, yeah, 94, when the Rangers were actually in first place. Yeah, and then '95 we we go in and we have replacement baseball, and then they finally uh, reach an agreement, and you know they had to send like 80 free agents down to a place called Homestead, Florida, to work out on their own, so it was before they could get players signed. And um, you know the point being that you know when there's a lockout, when there's a strike, there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of players that could be up in up in limbo and. There's going to be some players who get hurt by it. There's going to be some players who can't find a job if, you know, if there's a long strike and um, and uh, clubs start losing money and they have to start cut cutting money. Then there's going to be some veterans who the clubs are not going to be able to afford. And that's what happened. And uh, you know, if you go back to '95, you know, a lot of guys had to take big pay cuts. And um, so, again, the point is, you're right. Every, everything's in limbo now. Everything's uncertain. Nobody knows what. Clubs are going to be able to do what they're going to be afford to do. Nobody knows what the rules are, what the what the collective bargaining agreement is going to be. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a tough time right now if you're unsigned and 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 you could see you could see CJ that um, up and right before the lockout, guys were trying to get signed. I mean, guys were working on agreements. I mean, oh yeah, it was a flurry. It was a flurry. Yeah, agents were some agents were were were, were being very astute. And trying to get their players signed as quickly as possible because they knew that if this lockout lasts longer than people expect, and clubs start deciding they're going to have to cut money and cut pay- payroll and cut salary, and there's going to be guys who are going to be out of a job who are, who are not going to be able to find jobs. Um, you know, you know, uh, the guy like David, the left fielder for the Rangers last year, David Dahl. I mean, this is a guy who needs he needs a job. I can't remember if he signed or not. He might have signed, but. You know, just guys like that are just trying to, you know, some of those other guys, Charlie Culberson, they had Brock Holt. I mean, Brock Holt. guys like, you know, guys like that are going to have a tough time finding jobs if clubs have to start cutting salary and 
started going with minor league players to fill out their rosters. Well, and Ian Kennedy too, who just got traded to the Phillies, but that was in he was in a one year contract with the Rangers. So guys yeah, like that. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And, and, and some of their starters last year, um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm just throwing out names, but you know, a guy like Drew Smiler, just people like that who Jordan who, Lyles. Jordan Lyles, there's a great name. Now, Jordan Lyles is a perfect example, CJ. I mean, this guy has had a mediocre two years with Texas. He needs a place to play. He needs a place to pitch. He needs to find a job. And it's going to be tough for guys like him to find a job because they don't know what the clubs don't know what they're going to, again, what kind of resources they're going to have, what the rules are going to be, when this thing's going to end. You know, a guy like Jordan Lyles is probably sitting at home really really nervous about this whole thing no i agree and and let's kind of transition to um the work you've been doing with uh jeff wilson in the texas rangers baseball podcast and i love your tr's memoirs talk about that dynamic and, and i asked jeff wilson this we had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago and i said so how does it feel to have tr you know to ask tr to come on with you and he said tr didn't ask i didn't ask tr to come on he told me he was he was going to be writing for me. So, kind of talk about how that dynamic worked out. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I, I told him, but um, you know, when I retired, you know, I didn't have a whole lot to do. And John Blake, who's the Rangers' um, vice president of public relations, he had me writing some historical pieces for the game program, and it was a lot of fun. I was doing a lot of research, looking it up. But I was just enjoying doing it, and um, John was paying me a couple. A couple of bucks to to help out, and I, and I had fun doing it. And then Jeff decided to start this this website, this Substack, I believe you call it. And you know, and I knew the team was bad. I knew he was looking for some content that would you know balance out what he was doing on a day to day basis. And I just thought, you know, I was enjoying the historical stuff so much. I just told Jeff I'd be glad to do do it for him. Um, but the problem was I, I started picking a subject and before you know it, I'm writing 3000, 4,000 words on it because <laughs> I know so much about it. You know, I thought this stuff would be like a thousand word essays and now it's just so become two part, three parts. And I'm driving my wife crazy because, you know, it's taken me so long to write some of these stories and, um, you know, it, it's fun to do. And I think some, some people like reading them. But, uh, you know, it kind of took on a life of its own. So we're, we're still plugging along. And, and you know, Jeff's trying to make this website go. And we, and we like doing it. And we're enjoying doing it. So um, we'll see where it goes from here. So I, I like to give them shit because uh, we, 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 uh, we talk. We've had uh, both of them on, uh, John and Jeff, on our podcast. And um, we call it Rub and Paint. We are ahead of them in the podcast rankings. So let Jeff know okay. to, to pick it up. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that everybody's just trying to do the best they can. Uh, no, and, and that's, you that's know, the thing. The point is, the point is this team is bad. I mean, it's just, they just point blank. The team is bad. And when the team is bad, you know, the readership's not up, you know, the, the viewership's not up. The, right. the listeners are not up. You know, the Rangers got some problems with their TV contract that I think is hurting them. And Valley um, sports. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Well, I'll let you say that, but um, you know, it's a, you know, I know you, I know you guys are doing a great job with your thing, and um, you know, Jeff's doing his thing, and I'm, I'm retired and enjoying life, but um, 
Yeah, it's a little bit tough, but I hope people can, you know, if you're still Ranger fans, you know, Jeff is still one of the best reporters out there and he's put a lot of good information out there. And, uh, Agreed. We'll see how it goes. So, um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be plugging away on plugging away this week on, on, on more, uh, on more memories on the Rangers. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing here. No. And, and now I, I didn't get to disclaim this, uh, me, Jeff and John and I, we, and, and Ben, we respect the hell out of each other. You know, we figure the better that one of us is doing, we're also helping the other, other you know, the other out. So it's, it's with podcasting, it's different than radio, which I did a lot of. Um, it's way different. Um, here you can support each other and, and help build each other's audience and, and build each other's content. Because you, as John said on our, we did a live Twitter the other day and he said uh sometimes you get on these other podcasts and you hear a different perspective than your own and it can help it can help build you going forward well i appreciate you guys having me on um i'm always around if you if you need me again i i, I enjoyed chatting with you today and um you know like i said i got i'm gonna i gotta head out here in a few minutes to get some get some things done but um yeah you know hopefully this lockout will end and um uh, and hopefully spring training will show up on time and, um, you know, we'll have baseball again in, in, in Arlington and hopefully they'll get their TV thing straightened out. So more people can watch it. So anyway, we'll see CJ. Well, I got one more question for you before you go. Okay. This is a hot seat question. Okay. What is your go-to Whataburger? Um, well, uh, Double cheeseburger with mayonnaise, ketchup, onions, and uh, bacon. TR, thank you very much. And yeah, I got to run day. here. Um, I'm sorry we got off to a late start, but uh, I got to. I, I got somewhere I have to be. All right, yes, sir. I appreciate you very much, and um, I'll keep in touch. All right, you know where to find me. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook and at therangerreport.com.